Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. All right, you may be seated. So tonight, last week we talked about having a plan. And tonight I want to just talk to you for a little bit, and I'll try not to go as long as I did last week. Um, (laughs) And tonight I just want to talk to you about, are you ready to receive the kingdom? And this thought came from a conversation that uh, we had at home. And it just really struck a chord with me, and I thought, wow, you know, there's really something to think about here and to look at. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Are you ready to receive the kingdom? So in 2019, 2,000 people were polled as to what their New Year's resolutions were, and the top 10 most mentioned were, number one, eat healthier, number two, exercise more, Number three, save money or spend less. Number four, learn something new. Number five, quit smoking. Number six, read more. Number seven, change jobs. Number eight, stop drinking. Number nine, spend more time with family and friends. And number 10 was get organized. So in looking at all these resolutions, there's one common denominator in all of them. And that common denominator is the person wanting to achieve this must do something. They must take action. Those 10 resolutions won't happen if you don't do anything. So I can sit there and want all day long, but nothing's going to change unless I take action. So this is not something that somebody else can do for you. It's something you have to do for yourself. So life is not a fairy tale. As I've said many times, no little elves will come during the night and clean out all the snacks out of your pantry and prepare healthy food for you and bring you glasses of water with fresh cucumber slices and lemon to make sure that you stay hydrated. You must take action. So here's the bottom line. When it becomes important enough to you, you will do the work and not until then. There's a saying that goes something like this, when the student is ready to learn, the teacher will appear. And that is so true, because God wants to give you the kingdom, but you have to be ready to receive it. So Luke 12.32 says, Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And what does good pleasure mean in that scripture? It means that God chose it gladly. He was happy to do it for you. He wants to do it for you. So, God, I want a new car. Okay, that's great. But what action do I have to take to get that new car? Can I sit on my couch and eat bonbons and 
somebody's going to drive up my driveway with a new car with a bow on it? No, absolutely not. I have to do something so he can give me the kingdom. So first thing is, real simple question, do I have a job? Can I afford to purchase it? Uh, you know, can I maintain it? Can I afford the insurance and the registration? You know, lots of times we ask God for things, but we haven't even counted the cost. We haven't thought it all out. Have I saved up enough money to get a good down payment? Have I been shopping around looking for the best deal? Have I checked out the options to know what requirements or needs that I have? Do I care about how much, the how much gas the vehicle uses or no, not really, because I only drive two miles to work? Do I need leather seats or will cloth seats do just fine? Do I have little children that will be eating and spilling in the car? Something to think about. We must do our part to see our goals and resolutions come to fruition. If you want something or desire something, what do you do? You ask God for it, right? If you're not, you should be. Okay, however, we ask God for it, but then we have to take action. Okay, so um, what is it? Action requires that you do something. So then, you know, you ask, and if you think about it, asking is an action. Okay, and then you do your part, there's another action. Then once you have done that, you are now ready to receive it. Receiving is an action. The acronym for action is any change toward improving one's nature. So when God sees us putting forth the effort, he will, he will show up in the situation. When he shows up, look out because he will blow your mind. And I'm not kidding you. God blows my mind every day. And you're like, well, how in the world could that happen? Don't you know you serve an awesome God? Don't you know that you serve a God that can do anything? Oh, absolutely. But you know, you know, but he still blows my mind every single day. Okay? Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him that is able to do, now think about this, exceeding, abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Doesn't say according to the power that works in him. We know he has all power. He will do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. He wants us to do exceeding abundant things, and he wants to do exceeding abundant things for us. And it's above all that we ask or think. How many times have you asked God for something, and then when he answered your prayer, it was more than you even asked for? It was better than what you asked for. That's exceeding abundant above all that you can ask or think. Because you were probably thinking, well, God, um, I'm just going to ask for this because I really want this. But it would be pretty cool if you did this. But no, I'm just going to ask for this. 
he'll blow your mind when you ask for this and he will give you more than you could have ever imagined, okay? Um, so again, the word worketh, it's an action. So happiness is not something that is ready-made. It comes from your own actions. Too many people are looking to other people, other things to fulfill or to make them happy. As we all know, only Jesus can satisfy your soul. And sadly, so many people are searching for happiness elsewhere, and it's all in him. You can find everything you need in Jesus. So when you join the army and you're in basic training, one of the things that they teach to all of the soldiers is every privilege has a price and you have to earn it. That's why when they're in basic training and all the people at home send happy little letters to the soldiers, did you know that when they go to deliver the mail, they won't give them that letter until they do something whether it's some form of exercise or something. Why? Because they're teaching the soldiers that every privilege has a price. And we know that living in America is a privilege, and we're thankful for the soldiers that go to fight for us. Again, giving their lives, there's a price to pay. So if you have to work for something, you will appreciate it more than if it was given to you. And, you know, when I was younger, I could never understand at the time why my mom and dad said, you want that? Work for it. And I thought they were so mean. Really? Work for it? But it's already in your hand. You, you have the ability to just give it to me. And they said, nope. If you want it bad enough... What a great lesson they were teaching me. You'll work hard for it, and then you'll get it, and when you get it, you'll appreciate it. And, you know, I remember when the girls were younger, of course, in school, they wanted all the name brand stuff, right? So, of course, I was going broke, giving them the name brand stuff. So one day I go, enough already. So we were buying our shoes at Payless Shoes instead of at wherever everybody else was buying their shoes. And my thought was, as long as you have shoes on your feet, thank you, Jesus. And, you know, when you have a job, if you want name brand, knock yourself out. So I'll never forget when they first started working and I had started backing off, or I should say we, Randy and I, had, had started backing off as far as buying the name brand or the stuff they really didn't need. And I said, you know what? It's great. You have a job now. You can buy your own stuff. And all those name brands, go get it. Oh, my, how all of a sudden... Well, maybe not so much. Maybe I don't need it after all. Maybe this cheaper brand will do. But isn't that funny how that goes? When it's coming out of their pocket, it's a whole different story than when it's coming out of yours, right? So, again, the lesson that my parents were teaching me was that when you've had to invest in something, you will appreciate it more. And that, that really is the truth, because it was my hard work that 
allowed the funds to be able to purchase whatever it was. So then once I was able to get it, if I even wanted it now because it's coming out of my pocket, I appreciated it more. I took care of it. I remember when I got my first car, boy, I was out there washing it every week, making sure. And then, you know, if anybody brought a soda in the car, I was like, oh, don't spill it, you know, whatever. If, if that would have been given to me, I probably wouldn't have felt that way. I wouldn't have really cared. But because I had invested something in it, it meant more, more to me, and I was going to take care of it better. So you can't just rock on the way you are and expect things to become different if you don't take action and make some changes. So I remember when we so desperately wanted to buy our first house and we were tired of hearing our neighbors fighting in the apartments and we were tired of every time they were cooking that whatever smells were coming from their houses were coming in our open windows and it was and the kids were starting to grow and so we wanted a yard for them to play in or if they were standing outside smoking, that smoke would come in our apartment windows. So we kind of just thought, okay, you know what? It's time to just get a place, and that way we don't have to deal with all these neighbors that were right there. So we prayed and prayed, God, please bless us with our own home. So some time went by, and no doors opened. Nothing happened. No envelopes full of money fell from heaven so we could just pay for it. No rich uncle of ours gifted us a home. So there came a point where we were sick and tired of being sick and tired, and we realized we have to take action. And so notice I said we were sick and tired because you will not make any changes in your life unless you are sick and tired because that's where commitment change of behavior all those things will come into play but if i'm just nah i kind of don't like it but it's okay well you're going to probably be where you are today at the same place this time next year so we were sick and tired and so we prayed and it was like okay what do we need to do to get this new home that we want, okay? So we knew God's good pleasure was to give us the kingdom, but guess what? We weren't ready to receive it because we didn't do what we needed to do first, okay? Everything in the word of God, you do this, I'll do this, okay? So we knew that we needed to save some money to get a down payment. We also needed to know how much could we afford above the rent that we were currently paying? So we needed to sit down and figure out a budget. We couldn't just go buy a million-dollar house. Lord knows we'd have never been able to afford those payments. Then, after we figured out how much we could afford, then we knew that with a little bit of research, we found out that the most we could afford in our budget at the time was probably about a $200,000 house, okay? And then taking into consideration your taxes and your um, insurance on your house, well, that would be doable for us, but the most we could afford was $200,000.
So I knew to be prepared to make these new house payments that I needed to know what is a house payment on a $200,000 loan. And just for the sake of whatever, let's say we were currently paying $500 a month for rent in the apartment. I knew then that that extra $1,500, I needed to start saving it in the bank. And that would also prove to me, could we really afford $2,000 a month or not? Okay, so there were steps that we needed to take. I also realized that if we wanted to speed up the process of acquiring this house, that we needed to make some more changes and some cutbacks. Where were those going to come from? So I took note of what we were spending money on, and one of the places I knew that we could cut back was in the groceries and going out to eat. And if you ever pay attention to your going out to eat, boy, money can go fast there. So instead of steak, baked potatoes, green beans, and soda, we started eating spaghetti and Kool-Aid pretty much every single night. So much so that I will never forget one night, and I don't remember which of the girls it was, coming to the table, and when she saw spaghetti on her plate for the hundredth time that week, she said, spaghetti again? <laughs> and yes, it was spaghetti again because that was a very cheap meal that we could make back then. And I had to explain to her why we were eating spaghetti again because it was going to pay off in the end. So it's a short-term sacrifice for a long-term dividend. So the day was going to come that you guys are going to have a nice big yard to play in, but this is what we need to do to get there. So we continued to do our part, saving every dime. All of our friends were going out, having a good time. And where were we on a Friday night? At home with spaghetti and Kool-Aid. So, you know, it's quite amazing, though, what you can do when you really set your mind to it. It really is true. So, sure, we could have even gone to McDonald's because you'd say, well, you guys, come on. Really? A Big Mac? A Happy Meal? Come on. You guys could have done that. Oh, absolutely we could have. But guess what? We wanted a house more than we wanted McDonald's. So, sometimes the only thing that we had... Um, you know, was a pound of ground beef, a can of corn, and a can of tomato sauce, and some rice in the pantry. Wow, it, how you can get creative when you just have a few things. So what would I do? I'd brown up that ground beef, one pound, add that can of corn, that can of tomato sauce, cook a pot of rice, and dinner was served. But finally, thank you, Jesus, the day came that we had saved up enough money to purchase our first home, the home of our dreams. So boy, were we ever excited when we went to get pre-approved for the loan. And sure enough, they approved us right around $200,000. So our heart's desire was to be able to live in the city of Cerritos. Now, how long have we been in that house? 22 years? Okay. So I will never forget, though, sharing with our realtor our must-haves list. 
this is how that list went. Must have three bedrooms, two bathrooms, a double car attached garage, a fireplace, and a big fenced backyard. And that's where we wanted the kids to have that so they could safely play in the backyard. So the realtor was just making notes as we shared our wants. And then he said, what cities are you interested in living in? And I said, Cerritos. And he looked at me like I had three heads and just kind of smiled, knowing what our budget was, $200,000. And I'm sure he was thinking, oh, bless her heart. And he said, based on what you're approved for, you won't be able to buy a house in Cerritos. The homes are going for so much more. A fixer-upper is going for 300000 plus. He doesn't know Jesus. <laughs> so bless his heart, he started showing us houses in every city but Cerritos. We went to Lakewood. He even took us out to Orange County to Garden Grove. It's like, no, no you don't know my Jesus. So when you're a child of the king, you only accept abundance because that is what God wants for you. And don't ever forget that. So every opportunity I had, every time he'd call and say, I want to take you guys to this house, that house to show us, I kept saying, Okay, we'll go less, but I want you to know I want to live in Cerritos. Oh, but Elaine, I really think you're going to like this house in Lakewood. And I go, okay, so I'd go, but abundance was in Cerritos. So finally, I had to have a little come-to-Jesus meeting with him because he was basically wasting my time. So I sat him down, and I said, Stan... I mean, I'm sorry, Les, I know what you're saying, and I understand it because I see the numbers. I know. A fixer-upper in Cerritos, they're going for 300 plus. I get it. I know that we're only approved for 200000 but I also know that I serve a God that works in abundance and the impossible. So then he was kind of like, okay. I'm just going to, you know, go with it. I honestly believe he stopped looking for us because he wasn't taking us to see any houses. So, but that's okay because I knew that God was going to show up and I knew God was going to show out and Mr. Realtor Les was going to see my Jesus in action. So, I will never forget the day, and note, he never called us to go look at another house. I think he was done with us. Bless him. They'll never get a house. I will never forget the day that I was sitting on the couch looking through the penny saver, and I don't even know if they have penny savers anymore, but every week I couldn't wait for Wednesday to come so I could go get that penny saver, and I'd go right to the homes for sale section. Well, as you well know, on this particular day that I went to look, 
in the homes for sale section in the penny saver there was a home listed in Cerritos for 100 and I want to say it was either 196 or 198 is that a mistake did somebody type something wrong so for a split second I thought oh yeah whoever put this in here maybe it's 296 I don't know but then I said Jesus yeah you got us Lord so I immediately picked up the phone and I called Les our realtor that was supposed to be working for us I could have sold myself my own house and I said, um, Les, I said, I just opened the penny saver, and I just found a house in Cerritos, and it's listed for 196 And he goes, oh, Elaine, that's got to be a mistake. Where did you see that? Well, it's in the penny saver. Oh, yeah, I'm sure somebody typed it wrong. I said, well, it has the address, and it has the phone number, so will you look it up on the MLS, and let's see, is it for sale, and is it 196 so he put me on hold, looked it up on the MLS, and that house was for sale for $196,000. So anyway, as it would go, I said, I want to go right now and see that house. So it's amazing how God just works. Because let me tell you something. If something is for you, you will have it. And if it isn't for you, you don't want it anyway. Because you should be praying daily for God's perfect will in your life. Because the things sometimes that we think are right for us are so wrong. And God's trying to save us from our own selves sometimes. Because, you know, oh, but God, I just know this is right. And he's like, no, it really isn't right. So anyway, I get to the house I tell him to meet me there because I was gonna jump on this but again what's to be will be so I told him to meet me there and I will never forget turning left onto the street and immediately I had not even arrived at the house yet I knew this house God had prepared for us hadn't even got to the front door I will never forget that I pulled in front of the house, I parked on the street, and I was waiting for Les to get there so that he could open the lockbox and we could go in. And as I'm sitting there, I'll never forget, it was probably late April, early May, and I had rolled down my car windows and there was a beautiful warm breeze coming through the car. And I was just looking around at the neighbor's houses, and then I noticed, oh my word, God is so good. Do you know that when you're little and you have these dreams, you know, I want a dog, I want a house with a picket fence, and I want to get married and have five kids and all that stuff you dream about? Do you know one of the things that I had always dreamed of when thinking about when I grow up and this is what I want? One of the things I wanted was a tree-lined street. Well, you know, abundance. I was like, oh my word, God, you are amazing. Beautiful evergreen trees in the parkways on both sides of the street. I'm like, oh my Lord, he blows my mind every day. So 
here comes Les, and he opens the house up, and as soon as we walked inside, it was dark, it was dingy, it was smelly, really bad, and I love light, I love windows, I don't like dark, and I don't like dingy or smelly, and it smelled like smoke really bad, like cigarette smoke really bad. So as we walked through the house, I tried to see beyond the darkness. I thought, okay, all that cigarette smoke stained wallpaper, we can tear that down. All that dark paneling on the wall, we can get rid of that. But it's so dark in here. It's like, wow, this is crazy. So he walks us through the house, and it was clear it needed some work. But that's okay. And we, he shows us the three bedrooms. He shows us the two bathrooms. And then we walk back into the living room, and I'm like, but there's no fireplace. And that's a have to. I was not going to have a house without a fireplace. And so we're looking around, and, and I said, the ad in the penny saver set a fireplace. And he goes, well, let me look at the MLS. He looks at the MLS, and there's a fireplace. We are looking. My living room is not humongous. Hello, where's the fireplace? No fireplace to be seen. It's in the ad. Where's the fireplace? We moved a couch, and the fireplace was behind the couch, brand spanking new, not one scorch on the brick. That fireplace had never been lit. There was my other want. So, thank you, Jesus, attached to car garage. I said, let's write an offer right now. And again, bless your heart. You know somebody's going to overbid. And okay, that's fine, Les, whatever. All we can afford is an offer is what we have. So he reluctantly wrote up the offer, I think just to appease me. So... Wouldn't you know, we're offering full asking price. And I'll just tell you once again, when God has something that is meant for you, nobody can stand in the way of it. No man can stand in the way of what God has for you. So anyway, of course, we got the house. For the price that we could afford, because God. And sadly, sometimes people give up too soon. He gave up on us less. He's like, yeah, whatever. What is it that you want? What is it that you're seeking God for? What are your heart's desires? What are your frustrations in life? What are the things that you're concerned about? Stop and think about that for a minute. And is it because you gave up too soon? Is it because you were impatient? Are you doing what you need to do to make it become a reality for you? God wants to bless you, but you have to be ready to receive what he has for you. So ask yourself, am I ready to receive it? Am I prepared? Have I done my part? 
Do I have all the necessary tools to maintain it? Is it even God's will for my life? Maybe he's already answered, and you're not willing to accept the answer. But God, your word says in Matthew 6.33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. If we are seeking first his kingdom, we are seeking his perfect will. So have you ever noticed, though, that the closer you get to God, the more the things of this world don't even matter? You have no desire for him. Why? Because your focus is on God. You're seeking first his kingdom. And then in Psalms 37, 4, it says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Are you delighting in the Lord, or are you delighting in yourself? But, God, I want. God, I need. It's just not fair. What about me? But all the other kids... Have you heard that? Delight in the Lord. If you delight in the Lord, that's an action. And he shall give you the desires of your heart. You won't be in want or need. Is it fair with God? Yes, it is fair with God because he treats every one of us the same. You won't be thinking, what about me? Because when you make it about him, he makes it about you. So I want to do my part to see my prayers answered this year. I want to do my part to see my resolutions and goals become a reality. I want to do my part to have a closer walk with God. And I want to make sure that I'm seeking first his kingdom. I want to make sure that I'm delighting myself in the Lord. I want to invest more in my relationship with God and get closer to him. And let me just tell you, this is your year for breakthrough, and do your part, prepare yourself to receive it, and get ready to receive the kingdom. God bless you. Let's stand. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast, and may God bless you.